Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. week's edition of the 8-Bit Suplex here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, joining me as always is Miss Sandy Gaveria. Sandy, how are you? I'm good, Josh. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm, you know, keeping busy this week. Lots of impact wrestling this week, which is always, oh a, good, always a good thing. Uh, well, yeah. maybe, maybe not always, but this week I think it was a pretty good thing, Sandy. Um, I think so, too. You know, I think there were some good matches. We're setting up pretty nicely here for Bound for Glory. Um, but, you know, because of that, uh, if you tune in here for the video game portion of our podcast, I will tell you up front, this one is going to be because of the uh, Victory Road uh, show. We are going to be focused 100% this episode on Impact Wrestling. Um, we'll make it up to you, video game uh, listeners, uh, maybe next week, maybe the week after. Whenever we can find the time to squeeze in an all 100% video game episode to fit in, maybe we'll do a bigger topic that we've been avoiding, Sandy. Um, Pokemon. <laughs> well, maybe. If we want to jump right into Pokemon, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's your maybe, I don't know, tease uh, for, Ooh. you know, stick around. Stick around this podcast. We'll, we'll knock your socks off with something, uh, whether it be a full episode of Impact, a full episode of video games, or, you know, a mixture of both like we normally do. Uh, but anywho, uh, I say, uh, Sandy, without further ado, I think we just jump right in here because uh, we got uh, a pretty big show, a longer show than I expected in Victory Road, um, and then a, a pretty good, you know, standard size uh, episode of Impact, uh, but a lot to get to here. We have absolutely a lot to get to, but hey, overall thoughts of Victory Road before we get started and, and dissect this awesome pay-per-view, the one right before, Bountiful Glory. I think we're setting up lots of really good storylines. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, you know, I, I, I thought the matches, uh, most of them were pretty good. Um, and then, like you said, we're, we're setting up a lot of stuff for this month. Um, and we're coming out of Victory Road looking pretty good. First Impact uh, episode afterwards is pretty good. Uh, what were your overall thoughts here, Sandy? I was really impressed by this pay-per-view. I, it was very easy to watch. It came out about, what, three hours, you would say? Just recall. under. Yeah, just under three hours. Just a little under, yeah. It was really fun to get through. Like you said, most of the matches were fantastic. I really love the stories that they're telling here. And I can't wait to break it down with you, Josh. Let's get started. All right, well, let's, let's go do that. We'll go ahead and get started. Uh, I'm not normally one that, that watches uh, Impact uh, as it comes out because I don't watch any any wrestling, really, the, the, as it's airing. Because uh, that's just, you know, the life of a dad. Uh, you know, so I actually, though, had the opportunity to watch Victory Road from the start. But, and I thought this was on my end, 
the video for the first match was awful. There was all kinds of buffering issues. The audio stayed constant, but the video oh. was chopping along, um, which was a real shame because I wanted to watch Triple XL and the Rascals, which was our opening match here on Victory Road. Um, it and I, you know, I was kind of like, well, whatever. So I wound up actually saying to myself, eh, you know, they're going to come back and they're going to fix this later. So after it's done airing, I'll come back and watch it later tonight. So I actually turned it off in the middle of the first match to come back later. Um, but then when I came back later, it was still choppy. So I watched the first match choppy. But from what I saw of it, uh, it looked like it was a pretty fun match. Oh, that's a bummer to hear about your connection issues. Hopefully, you know, when if we get the opportunity to watch Bound Glory, we won't have those issues. But um, I watched it after the fact. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch it on Saturday. Dang, stupid work. But I watched it after the fact, no buffering issues. It was a perfect uh, replay on the Fight TV app, uh, which is always a great I, – I love the way that Fight TV app works. But we yeah. started out, like you mentioned, with the Rascals, uh, Dez and Wentz versus Triple XL, AC Romero, and Big Larry D. So, like you mentioned, it was it was a really fun fun match. Um Four went on the uh, at the start went on the offensive to uh, AC Romero and he did a whole lot to barely even move him from the center of the ring. It was like he was fighting a big boulder of just some big mass that just would not move. Um, so that that was pretty funny. Um, you know we had the that dynamic of the the big guys versus the little guys. I I liked the match. I wanted to know what. Did this? Did we know this match was going to happen from the previous Impact episode? Because I'm having a hard time remembering. Or was it just kind no? Of so they only had six the matches. They only had six matches teased uh, ahead of Victory Road, and I think we wound up with nine total. Um, uh, yeah, we wound up with nine total. So we only knew about six of them ahead of time. Uh, this was not one of the six, so I was surprised when they when the music kicked in. Uh, I believe uh, Triple X, yeah, Triple XL came to the ring first, and I will say that I did talk to a friend of the show and you know a former guest host Dan Coffin, and he watched uh, after the fact, and uh, I also Impact had put out a thing saying, uh, "Sorry about the video, it's now up, no mm -hmm. problems." So I should go back and watch this match now with no problems, um, but I kind of feel like I don't have to because we saw this match again <laughs> on this week's Impact. Which we'll talk about. This, the, we'll talk about the run back later. Um, but we do, uh, you know, we get a win here by the Rascals uh, defeating Triple XL. But Josh, I really actually think you should go back and watch this match. There were a couple of spots that really just had me completely floored. Um, Larry D actually does a Falcon's Arrow to Des, and it was absolutely killer. Of course, he's so much lighter, and he was just able to pick him up and spin him around like it was nothing. Um, me and Logan were watching, like, nobody kicks out of the Falcon's Arrow, but of course he kicks out. This is so in the beginning right. of, the, of the match. Um, dude, there was a spot where Larry D was just kicking Des in the back of the head, and then he made him actually spike bump from those kicks. And as he did a spike bump, he grabbed his legs and turned him around for what I remember it being a power bomb. It was amazing. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like that. But um, if you do get a chance, I would recommend going back and watch that. I've never seen that before. And then <laughs> we we see those kicks at the end from to the head of, of Larry D from 
from death. And like I mentioned, every single time we talk about the rascals in this in this podcast, the kid is a star. I can honestly, I will put money that as soon as he finish up, finishes up his Impact uh, Wrestling contract, WWE, if they're not already, they will be reaching out to Dez. This kid is a star. Yeah, no, he definitely is. I, I feel that way about two-thirds of the Rascals. And it's not for a lack of ability, but I don't think Wentz has carved out as much character as the other two. I think he's obviously a, a very talented worker, and he's definitely... Uh, definitely a huge part of the Rascals and, and their makeup. Um, but, you know, I'd like to see a little bit more personality out of him, a little bit more character work. Uh, but, yeah, Des is, Des is definitely – I mean, Trey Miguel, obviously, is, 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 is the most individual ready, and that's why we see him in, in so many solo matches these days. Uh, but those guys are, are definitely a lot of fun to watch. Uh, great to see them get onto the victory road card here uh, and victorious over Triple XL. Uh, the next match up, uh, you know, we get uh, a little bit of an uh, old school uh, matchup here with my good friend Tommy Dreamer. Um, <laughs> you know, he didn't send me a message about this one ahead of time, so I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what to expect. Tommy, you got to get at me, brother. Out of the loop. You got to keep me informed. <laughs> uh, but you know, I actually, I actually enjoy this match. Uh, it comes in just under 11 minutes. Brian Myers does get the victory over Tommy Dreamer. Uh, I don't know that there's too many spots to really talk about or call out. Um, but, you know, yeah. it, it was an old school, old fashioned. Now, not old school rules. Uh, it was a regular rules match. But it was an old fashioned mm-hmm. regular rules match. Uh, a lot of, you know, grinding. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, selling by both guys here. I, I thought, you know, it felt a little bit emotional, too. It was definitely old school. We had lots of good old chain wrestling uh, to start the match, and it went on for a while, actually. Very different from what we used to see from Tommy Dreamer, of course, his whole hardcore, no DQ, chairs, kendo sticks, his whole shtick, right? right? This wasn't it. This was Brian Myers, good old, the professional wrestler, and just yeah. tearing down his his mentor, Tommy Dreamer. And like you mentioned, Brian does uh, go over on Dreamer. It was a, it was a clean finish. It was kind of strange though. It was he just he beat him with a very strong lariat to Dreamer. So it wasn't anything. Yeah. He didn't. It, I mean, it was a strong finish just because he didn't have to cheat or anything. He, he won over clean, but no, none of his finishing moves. It was just a very strong lariat, and that put Dreamer down. And I will say, I, I did write a couple things down. I, one of the things that, that kind of like tickled my fancy, so to speak, was. Uh, right after that first little bit of chain wrestling, uh, Brian Myers kind of taunted Tommy Dreamer with the "You Still Got It" chant. Um, I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. And then I, I thought it was interesting because uh, Tommy, uh, you know, he kind of looked like he was kind of selling an arm injury. I, I couldn't tell. It didn't seem like it was a part of the match. And Brian Myers didn't work it, so I was kind of like, okay, is is Tommy kind of banged up? Did he actually? Because on the arm drag um, after the chain wrestling, it looked like Tommy was was kind of doing those the squeezes to get the feel back in his hand. Um, and normally when you see something like that, the other wrestler will go and work it, and it turns into more of an arm match. Um, but he didn't work Tommy's arm really at all. And like you said, it, uh, he didn't use his DDT finisher. He used that lariat, which is kind of an interesting kind of switch there. Um, and then there was the back and forth where um, uh, Tommy Dreamer grabbed the rope on one pin, and then – uh, Brian Myers, the next pin attempt by Tommy after his DDT, put his foot up on the rope. So there was the kind of that, that 50-50 kind of look to it. 
And I think mm-hmm. that's maybe why they changed up the finisher to say, okay, it took Brian Myers digging in deep to get another move out, another thing to get Tommy down. Um, but no, I thought it was overall a pretty good match. Strong observation. Yeah, very straightforward wrestling match. Yep, and so we uh, we go right after that, straight into another episode of what I call the Moose Chronicles, um, <laughs> where Moose, uh, you know, I have it on good authority, is now a personal friend of yours, Sandy, uh, much in the same oh, yeah, way, maybe even, maybe even more so than my friendship with Tommy Dreamer, I don't know, I'm not saying that, <laughs> some people are saying that, uh, but you know, Moose is backstage, and he's, he's asking Scott Demore where EC3 is. And uh, he gets a talking to by Scott Demore and then about how crazy he's acting. And he informs him, uh, hey, listen, you got a match with Trey Miguel later on in the card. Which I was like, okay, we saw this already, but let's see it again. I thought that was hilarious. So Scott Demore actually fantastic on his backstage segment. May I just point that out? Oh, he's he's great. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. So he, like you mentioned, you know, he has EC3 on his mind. That's all he can think about. And it's, I thought this segment was hilarious. And not only because poor Moose. Moose is so freaking, like, just out of it with this whole EC3 and his title thing. But Scott Demore walks away and just says, yeah, you're, you're, you're Moose. You know, do what, say whatever you need to put yourself over. You know, as he's, like, as he's walking away from the camera and we're, we're starting to not hear him as much, he just starts going off about, like, yeah, you're Moose. You're, you're, the, you're the best. You're the wrestling god. Whatever do whatever you say to put yourself over. I thought that was hilarious. I forget exactly what he said, but... Yeah, no, it was a good exchange. <laughs> and next, we have my man. My exhibition champ. <laughs> Rohit Raju. <laughs> He's my champ, damn it. Uh, so, like, we met, when we talked last time, he's sending out an open challenge. Uh, what, what was it called? The, the, what? the Defeat Rohit Challenge. Defeat Rohit Challenge. That's it. And guess who comes out? None other than Chocolate Thunder, Willie Mack. Oh, yeah. I was excited for this one. Once, once Willie's music hit, uh, I was pretty excited <laughs> for it. Um, because, you know, both of these guys are, are really just great workers. Um, I knew as soon as that music hit, uh, we were getting a good match, uh, and they they did not disappoint, did they? You know, they did not disappoint. But you know what? I was actually kind of hoping to to see Rohit get out of having to actually wrestle this match. You know, he's his whole thing now is that he's going to be given out all these opportunities, like like right. the opportunities that were never handed to him. And I actually want him to just be like, still not give opportunities, but kind of getting away with it, which. He is still kind of doing, um, but I was I, I was not expecting this match for, to go on as long as it did. It was actually a this is one of my favorite matches. It was fantastic. We really got to see what Rohi Raju could do, and of course, we all know that Willie Mack can go. Um, the freaking right from the get go, Willie Mack does a, a Rana, which is a thing yeah. of, of beauty. Um, that was the move course, I wrote down. Yeah, that was. I mean. Oh my it was super clean, you know, from from the floor. I mean, a man that size shouldn't be doing uh, standing hurricane runs. I mean, it just yeah. shouldn't happen. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, but my champion also does this beautiful cross face uh, mm-hmm. to Willie Matt. He's going all out to keep his title. And um, we have towards the end here, they're, uh, they're trying to get the upper upper hand on one another. And it's, it's a nail biter. It's actually pretty close. Once you get to mm-hmm. the end of the match, I had no idea who was going over um 
So they both looked very strong. It was very close. And then, of course, towards the end, we have an exchange where they kind of what, what happened? They were going to the the corner buckle and they 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 hit each other's heads, so they were both kind of knocked loopy. Yeah. So I think you know the Rohit gets thrown into the corner, and Willie does a follow up, but he's too close, and they bump heads. And then uh, I I got to be honest, I didn't like this finish very much, um, where Rohit uh, rolls to the outside uh, after bumping heads. And then at about the count of eight, realizes that, you know, he can just take the loss outside because then he keeps his championship. Um, I don't I hate that champion's advantage rule. I think it's very dumb because if you have a heel champion, there's no reason why they should ever lose. They should just leave the ring Um, every time. Right. Every time. Um, But they listen, that's their rules that they play within their rules. And, you know, Rahit kind of slime slime balls his way. with the uh, championship. So technically speaking, William Mack gets the win uh, by count out, but does not get the championship. I literally wrote down LOL, bro. He retains by count out. <laughs> but I really loved it because his facial expression too. Like he went to the outside and he's like, actually like, Oh my God, my head like that, that freaking hurt. And then yeah, like you said, it reaches the eight count. He's about to get in, but you can, the camera literally catches his face. Go, wait a minute. I could just stay down here. And then that's what he does. He just comes back down. He closes his eyes. And then the ref counts right. again. He opens his, like, one eye. And it's like, am I good? Am I good? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. That. He did that great. It was definitely some cornball shit at the end. You know, he does the whole, like, oh. I love it. was it. corny. It was corny. <laughs> I know you love Rohit. I love Rohit, too. But it was very corny. Um, you know. What are you, what are you going to do? Uh, and this, uh, this match actually goes 11, 11, uh, make a wish. Um, but you know, it was pretty good. Then we get a, uh, I, I will say this and, and we'll have a couple of these, uh, backstage, um, scenarios with, uh, both in victory road and also the week's episode of impact where Simi, uh, Sammy Callahan and Ken Shamrock are in backstage interviews. Um, uh, this isn't doing anything for me, Sandy. Yeah, I have to agree, but I can see they're already building up to something here. You know, we have Sammy and Ken backstage and, and the interviewer asked, Hey, why did Ken attack Eddie Edwards? Um, right off the bat, we have Sammy. He's the one that's answering for Ken. And, right. and I thought it was hilarious that he has the audacity to say, this has nothing to do with me. This is strictly Ken trying to make sure that we comes back here and he's <laughs> right. known against to be the killer that he is. And it's like, okay, yeah. there's nothing about you. The most Why dangerous man in the world. Yeah. So it's clear manipulation on Sammy's side to Ken, uh, you know, manipulating him to attack Eddie because they have a long history. And, you know, it's, it's there. We'll see how it goes. Of course, you know, down the road, I'm sure we'll see Sammy and Ken for the fallout, but It'll take some time. Like you mentioned, you know, it does nothing for you. It's really not doing too much for me either. Ken is, uh, he's so old. I feel like he, you know, he he's still looks old. great for his age, but man. Yeah, but he's pretty old. So they did say, um, I believe it was on uh, Twitter, I did see that Ken Shamrock is going to be inducted into Impact's Hall of Fame. Um, and oh. he actually, I reached out to Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, on Twitter asking if you would send a video uh, for the ceremony. And Dwayne said yes. 
Um, so, you know, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, kind of what, what Dwayne does here. Uh, if anything, I mean, uh, seeing anything with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson on Impact TV at any point would be uh, something I would consider uh, pretty exciting. Just, just to see uh, even, you know, Dwayne entertain the idea of anything Very. outside WWE. Especially given since Ooh. all of his cousins are still in WWE and, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see kind of what, what happens there. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, other than that, nothing really interesting with Ken Shamrock yet. Like you said, he he looks very old, uh, very much his age, and, and does not um, – listen, his uh, his fancy jorts uh, are not doing it for me either. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it doesn't look good. Um, but – Speaking of looking good, uh, the next match is the rubber match between Tennille Dashwood and Jordan Grace. Um, right off the bat, uh, I wrote down that, that Jordan's speed and power is just insane, right? Um, but before I get into that, I mean, what, what are your thoughts here on this match overall, Sandy? I thought it was fantastic. So I do want to I do want to mention this. The whole thing with Caleb with a K, you know, uh, Tennille Dashwood's personal photographer and assistant or you know whatever. He comes out with his douche little Starbucks cup and then you know he has his cell phone in the ring. Uh, <laughs> I thought yeah. it was hilarious. I want to I want to point this out that you know he's over here taking photos of of Tennille as she is putting the beat down on Jordan Grace and the camera <laughs> the imp the the actual camera that's recording the pay-per-view gets an angle of uh, the photos that he's been taking and the videos that he's been recording on a crappy, cracked, old, old Android device. And I thought yep. that was hilarious. I don't know why, but that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it almost looked like a Galaxy S4, like that old, right? Like It, 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 was, looks it was so old. Very old. And <laughs> I, it looked cracked. I thought it was very funny. It kind of adds to the aesthetic. <laughs> Uh, Caleb with a K as a whole is kind of wearing thin on me, um, but I know it's not going anywhere. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, at one point Tennille's, you know, got Jordan in a headlock and she's posing for the gram, as they say. Uh, and she gives Jordan uh, what I wrote down is the uh, noogie of death, um, which I, I thought was just absolutely ridiculous um, in, in the best way possible. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, everything Jordan Grace does, uh, looks like it just hurts really bad. Um, when she does her corner splashes, her, you know, her double knees, her, you know, I mean, everything, everything to the corner she does is insane. All of her slams look like they're just, just so, so much, so much power between them. Um, that's exactly what I wrote. I'm like, everything Jordan Grace does is just so absolutely believable from her offense to her defense, from her selling to her registering this she's a freaking star she is and, and i think too unfortunately when you see her wrestle with some of these other women like with like a tenille dashwood the the art of wrestling is all about in, in a lot of ways not all about but in a lot of ways is about the suspension of of disbelief right and when you see someone like jordan grace just pummel the shit out of tenille and then Tennille somehow is able to fight on through it. Um, it kind of it takes it takes it away sometimes. I, I feel like Jordan just looks that much stronger and that much faster than most of the women in that locker room. 
And so, you know, I'm kind of glad that this was the last, you know, this was the rubber match to get past this, right. Be done with it. Um, so we can see what, you know, Jordan does next. Uh, and we'll talk about that later, but I, I, I'm happy it's done. I was surprised that Tennille picks up the win here, uh, after yet another distraction by Caleb with a K. Um, so, you know, um, it was a pretty good match. Comes in at 12 minutes, 17 seconds, according to cage match, um, which is one of your longer matches of the evening. Um, but, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was great, too. Um, Tanil did absolutely great heel work. And, we, you know, we're, we're, we're praising Jordan Grace because how could we not? She's just so great. But Tanil, she was just being the most despicable heel, like you mentioned, looking yeah. at videos and pictures of her beating Grace. She did her job right. And, of course, the story here makes sense that Jordan is much more powerful um, than Tennille, but maybe not not more skilled at wrestling than Tennille because we do know that Tennille has had you know her WWE experience. We can't take that away from her. So when it comes to no, her getting true. the upper hand on Jordan, to me, it's a very believable story just because of her experience, her tenure, and her background, which everyone knows from her past um, past work so sure. to me it didn't really take it too much out of me and then of course with the with the save from caleb when he pulled Daniel from that from that bomb uh top rope splash from that jordan was going to get to to Neil. you know it makes sense you know she also has that backup to save her and um, but i i was surprised that she did pick up the win even if it was in her heel methods or not, I was I was really surprised. I really was expecting Jordan Grace to go over here. But it was a great match. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but I mean, and and it makes sense now uh, after watching Tuesday's episode why Jordan didn't win. Um, it, it, we have some other things that we'll get to that were you know that are set up uh, from Tuesday night. Um, but you know, Jordan had the run with the Knockouts Championship uh, earlier in the year. She had her little feud with Deanna. Deanna came out on top. So it doesn't make sense to run Jordan right back up since we got some other things lined up. Um, so, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was, uh, it, it did its job. And then of course, in hindsight, you can always question booking decisions in the, in the time that they happen, but it, the real judgment of them is in hindsight. And I get it now, you know, looking back on even just after one episode. So I have a question for you before we start talking about this next match, Sandy, have you oh. ever seen, an unsanctioned match that had rules. <laughs> no, I don't think I have. Because we get an unsanctioned match here between uh, the Reno Scum, which of course is the team of Adam Thornstow and Luster the Legend, and of course uh, Rhino with the uh, man who is not hired to impact yet, Heath. Mm. And for some reason, this unsanctioned tag team match had followed regular rules. And I could not figure that out for the life of me. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? So I, I thought about that, but then in my head, I'm like, okay, maybe that means unsanctioned as in like, all right, you know, whoever wins or loses, they're not going to move up in the tag team division. They're not going to right. go on to get opportunities down the road. It's just like, hey, this is off the records, off the books a pro wrestling match, but yeah, I thought it was funny too. I was like, wait a minute, this is like a regular tag match. <laughs> right. Exactly. But you know, uh, I will say this, um, Reno scum, I think they get 
they don't get talked about as much because their gimmick is kind of weird, right? It's kind of out there. It's kind of punk rock. It's kind of not. It's kind of, you know, whatever it is, right? Um, I, they're both, I think they're both pretty good workers. I think Adam Thornstow <laughs> did that standing moonsault that was incredible. Um, or was it a standing shooting star press? I think it was a standing shooting star. So, but I mean, just beautiful, right? I mean, I saw gifts of it all over Twitter the next day, uh, and rightfully so. So, um, yeah. but you know, we knew kind of going into this one where it was headed. We knew who was doing the the job, uh, and of course, uh, that would be uh, you know Heath Ryan, Heath and Rhino uh, going over Reno's gum here, uh, with Heath getting his finisher in. Um, it was an okay match for me. What did you think? Oh my gosh, I absolutely love this match. It was it had explosive action from start to finish. Everything looked absolutely deadly like they were going in on everything but everything was also executed perfectly and they looked like they were having just so much fun with the with the back and forth and it was man I thought it was a fantastic match I was watching it just like grabbing my head like blown away by everything that was going on not still not don't know too much about Reno scum except for when I started doing this podcast with you and watching impact but like you mentioned you know they're solid workers maybe their look I'm not, no, actually, you know what? I'm surprised that their gimmick isn't really captivating the audience because, you know, you have, you know, typically you have like, the whole like punk rock thing really is, is an easy thing to, to use to get over. You know, we have someone like, like Ruby Riot. We have, you know, you know, Alistair, I guess, Alistair, someone like Alistair Black isn't using that per se. But yeah, he's more he kind of that, that goth vibe, yeah. Yeah, but you know what? I'm kind of, I'm surprised. You know, usually, it, I don't know what it is, but... They, they deserve a lot more credit. This match, I think, is one of the, the best matches that I've seen for them so far. But, of course, we haven't yeah. seen much. But this was a lot of fun. And, you know, right after <laughs> I, I did note on here, I'm like, poor Heath. He was red as a tomato. Uh, <laughs> he was blown up <laughs> he at the so end. Bad. He, he was blown right? up. Right? Oh, he, my God. He definitely uh, he protected <laughs> Rhino a little bit. You know, Rhino, I don't think, had more than maybe three minutes of action in the match. Um which is obviously, I mean, after we've we've talked before that after the the beatdown that Rhino has sustained over his life, uh, you know, we can't expect long matches out of him. This match goes uh, ten minutes thirty six seconds, um, and like I said, I think Heath probably was involved in eight minutes of it. So I, I mean, Heath, he Heath, took the entire heat. Rhino came back for a hot tag, which lasted like thirty seconds, and then yeah. he backed back in for his uh, to pick up the win. But <laughs> poor dude, he was red as a tomato. Yeah, Holy he gave God. it his all, though. He gave it his all. You know, you gotta oh, respect yeah. Heath for that. That is for sure. Um, and then, of course, <laughs> we see the course. backstage afterwards. Scott Demore uh, approaches Heath and says, "Hey, man, you know that was pretty good. I, I like what I see here. You know, why don't you come back Tuesday? Use the front door." Don't have your buddies, you know, open the back door. Don't try to sneak around. Uh, you know, come on, we'll have a, a talk about uh, getting something on paper. So it looks like, uh, Sandy, at this point, hashtag Heath for Impact has paid off. The hope continues. Woo. The hope continues. Um, but you know what? Right after that, we go right into the next match. Why don't you take us uh, through a little start uh, breakdown of this one? We have Moose, my new best friend, uh, versus <laughs> Trey Miguel. So, okay, I noted on here, Trey's entrance, oh, my God, everyone from the Rascals, they are, they just have the absolute best ring presence. 
And I, they need to start paying me for saying all these praises because, man, I am just obsessed. Um, <laughs> Why would they pay you? Saw, you you know, do it for free. <laughs> I, I should stop and then just be like, hey, pay me now because I, enough is enough. <laughs> no, just kidding. Was, as long as they continue to impress me, I will sing their praises. Um, but, of course, Moose, he comes out. He is not in the mood. He, you know, like we saw earlier, he didn't want to have this match at all. He has too much in his mind. He's not in the mood. EC3 is still out there playing mind games. And, oh, man, this was devastating. This whole match was just a brutal beating from Moose to Trey. Trey grabs him and says, where the hell is my title? Where is EC3? Trey obviously doesn't know. Um, but, you know, this tells a story that Madison and Josh reminds us as well, that Moose is just not focused on this match at all tonight. He is pissed. He is frustrated. He just wants to kill Trey Miguel to make EC3 feel bad, but this is all his fault. You know, that's it. It was just a beating on poor Trey. Yeah, Trey um, took a lot of uh, a beating here. And, and, oh, you my know, God. Moose at one point, uh, and this is, uh, you know, you can attribute a lot of these things that we're catching on uh, on the microphones uh, to there being no fans. Moose at one point yells uh, to EC3. Uh, he yells at, at Trey Miguel, he goes, where's EC3? And then he says, uh, says to EC3, uh, his family's going to have to start a GoFundMe. And then he just brutalizes Trey Miguel more. And, and I just thought that was a great line. Uh, a very uh, very good line for 2020, as we do see. Unfortunately, a lot of people have to resort to GoFundMe um, for medical expenses. Uh, but I thought it was a pretty good line. Um, and then, uh, you know, the turn, of the turn of the match here um, happens when the uh, EC3 logo comes up on the, uh, the Tron. That, of course, that to me, I mean, I guess in the, in the storyline, it makes sense. I just think it's so silly whenever, you know, oh, lights flicker or like music hits and then they're immediately right. distracted and all, all hell breaks loose. But yeah, poor Moose um, was distraught and severely distracted by the Jumbotron as we see EC3 symbol, his little three, his number three thing. <laughs> and it actually allows Trey to get the win on Moose, which again, I was, I was surprised. I just thought he was, it was, it was just going to be a demolishing of Trey, but he does pick up the win. But it does, I feel like it didn't even matter because Moose didn't even give a shit at all. Nuh-uh. He doesn't seem to care whatsoever. He immediately hits the bath. He says, Hey, I know where easy three He's in the production truck. And that's where he heads to. Yeah, you like you said, I mean he doesn't sell the loss at all. He could not give less of a shit. No. Um, and like <laughs> you said, it was kind of odd because it, it started off as something that was gonna be an absolute beatdown. And it kind of dragged on a little mm-hmm. long. It goes over eight minutes. Um and you see uh, you know, of course he guns into the production truck. EC three apparently uh has made everyone leave the production truck. Um and then the door locks <laughs> on Moose, and then he plays a, a sound that, you know, Basically, uh, you know, like an earth-shattering sound to Moose's ears, um, which causes Moose to run outside. He sees the TNA World Heavyweight Championship on the ground, goes to pick it up, and then is jumped by EC3. And um, so that, I mean, that was that. It was kind of an interesting uh, thing. I, I, You know, it, it's always one of those really weird things with professional wrestling that you have storylines that have to be pushed by so much stuff outside of the ring. Um, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm ready for this match to happen. Um, it is probably, oh uh, God, it's, it's going to happen at bound for glory. 
Um, they're going to hold off on it, obviously, until then. And I think they announced on Twitter um, that it would happen at an undisclosed location. Um, so it sounds like we're going to uh, have some cinematic wrestling of some sort. Hopefully, it's just a wrestling match that they've pre-taped in some other warehouse. Um, but I don't feel like we might not get that, unfortunately. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I'm intrigued. But yeah, it's just been a... It's the, the long game for the storyline here, and I just hope it, it really pays off in the end. Um, I'm just excited to see if you three get back in there. Yeah, me too. And, and that's why, too, like, I, I, I'm so hopeful that it is, you know, a, a situation where it's not a, like, uh, you know, boneyard match type thing, right? I, I don't want it to be something like that. I want it to actually have some wrestling. Um but, you know, we'll see what happens. Impact Impact has been good to us so far, Sandy. I'm going to trust them. I think so, too. I think it'll, they'll kill it. So this next match is a preview of the Tag Team Championship match that we'll see at Bound for Glory, uh, which is a four-way match. So we have a representative from each of those teams uh, in a four-way singles match here uh, with uh, Ace Austin, Carl Anderson, Alex Shelley, and Josh Alexander. Uh, participating with their teammates on the outside. Uh, you know, I thought this was a pretty damn fun match. Uh, lots of lots of really good action. Uh, tons of good spots. Carl Anderson still has one of the best spine busters I've ever seen. Um, I, I mean, I really liked it quite a bit. Holy shit, Josh. I mean, I feel like I could spend an entire hour breaking down this match. I wrote so much for it, and it got to the point where I couldn't even take any more notes just because there was so much action happening. And, man, we all know these guys can go. And, of course, they did. It was such a fun match. This match also had the advantage because they each had a, a tag member on the outside that were able to bring that energy by, by cheering them on, by talking shit, by, by giving that, that energy that... We keep saying impact is missing by not having anyone in the audience whatsoever. So this one had the advantage when it came to that. And of course, it had the advantage of having these amazing wrestlers give it their all for this match. This match to me was all Alex Shelley. Yeah. Alex Shelley was, if if we're counting down the, the top star for this match, holy shit. He faced off against everyone. He, I mean, he's a pro. He's, he's going to be a, a legend in wrestling he already is that legend to me and to a lot of people he executed everything perfectly the one person that i didn't really get to see too much of i feel uh was josh alexander which surprisingly enough he actually does pick up the win by pinning mm-hmm. alex shelley um i thought he was at least impressive in the match we didn't get to see too much offense from him it was all the other guys especially alex shelley so this was kind of um interesting to me that he would pick up the win but, man, like you said, it was absolutely beautiful. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's a four-way match, too, that, that doesn't overstay its welcome, right? A lot of times when you see these mm. multi-man matches, these, you know, triple threats or uh, all the way up to a six-pack challenge, um, you know, you start to see, well, everyone has to get their stuff in, right? So it just creates this longer, longer, longer. And, of course, you know, there's the, the, the tag team partner on the outside. So the tag team partner on the outside, now each one of them has to do something, too, right? Um, and this one actually kind of had the benefit where they had the one ref bump where the ref, uh, you know, is out of it. And then all of the tag 
team partners kind of descend on everything. And so that kind of wipes that all out at one point, you know, at one fell swoop. Um, so we don't have to get them all individually doing things. Uh, you know, under 15 minutes for a four-way match um, with a lot of action, nonstop. It, it never – there was no rest holds. There was no – I mean, this thing just kept cooking. Um, and like you said, I mean, great match. Josh Alexander didn't get his offense in. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how this tag match looks uh, at Bound for Glory. Um, but uh, I, this might have been my, my match of the night. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I agree. This was a nearly flawless match. Everything was just executed perfectly. Holy shit. I want to, just for shits and giggles, just for fun, I want to go back and watch this match and just completely be fascinated again over yeah. Alex Shelley. <laughs> and I did notice on here, too, I must, I, I know, just like you said, freaking Carl Anderson's spine busters. So beautiful. Of it's course beautiful. I know that, noted that on here as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw out my uh, hashtag chef's kiss of the night to uh carl okay. anderson's spine buster because uh you know yeah. if you want to learn if you want to learn how to do a spine buster kids uh watch carl anderson videos uh right along with your arn anderson videos you'll find out how real quick for real all right so we come to our semi-main event of victory road the knockouts championship match between the defending diana Perazzo, the virtuosa i should say diana Perazzo. Accompanied to the ring by, of course, her lackey, Kimber Lee. And then uh, she's challenged here by Susie, who is accompanied to the ring by Kylie Ray. Um, this one went slow at the beginning, picks up quite a bit at the end. And uh, overall, I think we get a pretty good match out of here. I agree. So I really wasn't expecting... No, I wouldn't say that I wasn't expecting too much out of it, but just... You know, we have the whole story with, with Susie. And right off the right off the bat, you know, Deanna kind of makes that story clear. She goes in there. She's looking at Susie. Susie's just saying, hi, hi. And then she's Deanna's just saying, is this a joke? Like, what is this? Why? This isn't even serious. Right. So that's how I thought the match was exactly going to go. I thought it was going to be an easy, easy squash for Deanna. And then we'll just see kind of the storyline of maybe Susie being pissed and then eventually becoming her too young self. Um, but that was not the case at all. This match actually went on. What did you say the time was on this one? Uh, this one is 13 minutes flat. 13. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty, pretty good time. So we have Susie doing great character work here. Like you mentioned, the beginning was very slow. She's so, it was like, it was like she wasn't even trying to wrestle. Kind right. of doing like a little poker face, like, hey, I'm Deanna's better. I'm just here, kind of out of, I don't know, what's her, she, she's a doll, right? She's just kind of out of, out of it. <laughs> right. But it's towards the end, she, she wakes up and she, man, it, towards the end, it really picked up a lot. So we have to go through, through the very slow beginning. Deanna was just initially working the arm of Susie with the variation of, uh, some mean-looking arm ringers and arm attacks. Uh, of course, preparing for her setup, which is her finisher, the Fujiwara arm bar. Um, and what does she call it? The, the, the double Fujiwara The double one she bar? calls the Venus de Milo. Venus de Milo. So, of course, I, I love that storytelling. You know, Diana is an expert at working that arm for her finish. She, we all know she's one of the greatest technical wrestlers, not even just for, for uh, women's wrestling, but in general. Yeah, in general. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course... Uh, after the match, uh, we get an, an incredible uh, display of post-match beatdown. 
And I'll be honest, I, the whole time, because they've been selling this this whole Sue Young emergence, um, I thought that in the middle of this this uh, bloodbath that Deanna puts through uh, Susie here, I thought we were going to have Sue Young awaken. Um, it didn't happen. Uh, but what we did see is uh, Kylie tries to save Susie. Um, Kimberly puts her in a headlock, holds her back. And then, you know, jerks her head up to make her watch as Deanna Perrazzo, uh is extremely brutal with the, the arm bar to Susie. Um, and I'll be honest, I was pretty impressed with uh, with Susie's flexibility there because uh, any normal person's arm probably would have snapped clean uh, out of socket there. Um, it was a pretty, pretty gruesome display at the end as far as post-match beatdowns go. A lot of times, you know, they're kind of goofy. They do the stomping a lot in the corner and then, you know, Maybe a, a hit with a chair, and then that's your post-match beatdown. But to force someone to watch their best friend get their arm broken, uh, man, that was kind of some brutality I wasn't expecting there, Sandy. Brutal and gruesome is an understatement. Holy shit. It was it was rough. And, you know, even throughout the match, so we see Deanna, of course, retaining and going over by doing the double – uh, Fujiwara armbar on Susie. So right off the bat, you know, she's already freaking hurting. And not only that, but when Kimberly interferes in the match, she gives Susie a kick to the head on the outside, on the apron. That was so brutal. I yeah. didn't even think it was necessary because Diana. I mean, yeah, towards the end, we were kind of seeing Susie get the upper hand and possibly doing some, pulling off a, a, a miracle and going over. But, you know, Kimberly was there and almost kicked her damn head off. Um, we did get to see a little bit of a glimpse of Susie twitching, maybe morphing back into Sue Young. She did a couple of maneuvers that are synonymous with Sue, Sue Young. She, yeah. That's like, you know, her moveset. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're called, but they're the ones from the, from the buckle. What does she do? Do you know what they're called? I don't know what their exact names are and I apologize for that, but yeah, where she kind of grabs the ropes and then walks up the turnbuckle and goes inverted to uh you know grab the uh to do like the head scissor type stuff and, and kind of do some other kind of gruesome uh looking stuff i you know i'm excited for whenever this this full sue young retransformation happens um because i think we're going to get obviously a, a kylie ray sue, a sue young match um at some point and i think it's going to be awesome that's you know my prediction um but yeah i mean this this match delivered on everything that i felt like it was going to Felt like we had a pretty good idea who was going to win it going in, uh, but the post match is really what pushes this along, uh, and really makes uh, the knockouts championship match between Deanna and Kylie that much more personal. Um, and we kind of see Kylie the effects of what happens here to Kylie on on Tuesday's show as well. And we'll talk to that when we get there. Um, we do need to spend a decent uh, bit of time here on the main event of Victory Road. We we kind of get told ahead of time, you know, because of the post, you know, the uh, post show beatdown that Eddie Edwards gets prior to Victory Road. Well, maybe he's not 100. Um, percent I didn't think he sold anything from what Ken Shamrock did to him in this match. <laughs> <laughs> so it was definitely Eddie Edwards uh, 100. Um, percent I don't know. I don't know when they shot these matches. Uh, you know, I I don't think that Victory Road was live. I. I didn't get that vibe. I felt like it was pre-taped, um, but you know, I don't know when they, how their their shooting schedules work and how they're doing things. Um, but Eddie, uh, you know, Eddie comes out, looks a hundred percent, 
Um, and Eric Young, of course, comes out looking uh, crazy. And right off the bat, looked even crazier because I, I didn't catch what happened. But all of a sudden, Eric Young has a gash on his face and he's bleeding profusely from under the eye. Uh, so, you know, I don't believe it's any kind of blade job. I think he just got caught on something. Um, but, you know, this thing gets gets going pretty quick here uh, right off the gates. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Sandy, on this one? This match was crazy, brutal. So, I don't know. I don't know if it was just, like, me, like, fatigued from watching this pay-per-view, which, you know, I don't understand why it would be fatigued because it was only, like, three hours when we're used to, you know, the whole seven-hour WrestleMania from WWE. Right, um, right. But I, I think towards the end, I was like, all right, let's 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 do this. And the match, to me, it felt a little long, but it made sense just because they, it was such a grudge type of match. It was for the championship. We have this storyline between Eddie Edwards and, and Eric Young that has been going on for uh, quite a bit since Eric Young made his uh, debut again back in, in Impact. Um like you were mentioning, I have no idea how Eric Young got that cut under his eye, but the visual yeah. of it looks brutal. Because it looked like it, looked it was great. bleeding directly from his eyeball, which wasn't the case. He had a cut he had a nick like right under it, but yeah. it looked it looked brutal. Not sure how it happened. Could it have been for the kick? Because I mean there was no lockup. Immediately, um Eddie kicks EY and sends him to the outside and just starts beating the crap out of him. So somewhere between that and ten seconds later when they're battling on the ramp. Uh, he's already bleeding. So, which I mean, the the blood from the star being being that it was a legit injury, yeah, he added so much to the story. I feel because this is personal. This isn't just a uh, a match for the for the championship. This is personal, right? And it didn't even matter to me. Like it felt like it didn't even matter that the that this is for the championship. This is just about Eddie Edwards getting retribution on on Eric Young for putting his hands on his wife for hurting. Rich Swan for the torture over the last few weeks. So this was just brutal from the get-go. And that 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 blood added even more to it. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of subtle counters. Um, very brutal offense. There was a really interesting when um, Eddie Edwards goes for the Blue Thunder Bomb and it kind of he kind of twists Eric Young into weird. like a face bump. And, I, and I've never seen that. And I don't know if there was a botch involved. I don't know if they were trying to do that. Uh, but that was like one move. I was like, "Huh? What happened?" Right? Like it I've didn't. It didn't. It, it, it didn't <laughs> compute. Right? I was like, "Can you really no. call that a blue thunder bomb?" It's kind of. I mean, it was a weird kind of uh, move. But you know, it it, it definitely um, Eddie acted like it wasn't on purpose and went and get right into another one, uh, which was a traditional uh, blue thunder bomb. Um, but yeah, both. I mean, super great. Uh, we get to the finish, you know, from a pile driver, of course. Uh, but instead of going for the pin, uh, he goes right after Eddie's knee again to try and end his career. Um, he taps out, and then uh, you know, Eric Young retains. Eric Young starts to lose his mind again, starts attacking uh, Eddie Edwards, uh, and he uh, gets saved by the run in by Rich Swan, who uh, hits uh, his kind of uh, spinning kick, kind of uh, a trouble in paradise uh, type move. Um, and you know, it, they're setting that up pretty good for uh, for Bound for Glory. There, um, it does look like at this point, at least, it will be a one-on-one match. They've not decided to add Eddie Edwards in or anything like that uh, yet. I hope they don't. I hope they don't too. If this was WWE, it would be all but guaranteed to be a triple threat match. <laughs> um, but you know, hopefully, it's a uh, maybe 
We get Rich Swan out there, and Eddie Edwards is in his corner. Uh, maybe something along those lines I'd be okay with, uh, but I'm with you there. I, I hope to God uh, that we don't get a triple threat here because I, I just think the, the emotion of the match and everything that they've been driving towards, this needs to be uh, you know two dudes in the ring hitting uh, hitting hits and, and throwing throws, and you know we'll see how it goes. But uh, that's that's Victory Road. Um, they did announce that they're going to start doing these monthly specials again on Impact Plus. Uh, looks like they're trying to drive more subscriptions their way. Um, so we'll have another uh, special one in November and another special event in December, um, which I think is pretty good. You know, it, it'll feel, I think, less um, intrusive on the rest of the product in these other months where they don't have that quarterly pay-per-view that they're running. Um, it's obviously October has become busy because of it. Um, but I'm looking forward to these uh, these kind of monthly specials here, Sandy. How about yourself? I am too, and you know, I think this is a, a great way to to get eyes on the product. You know, if they're not if they're not getting as many viewers to watch their weekly shows, you know, the weekly shows can be a little setups, more backstage segments, um, and these monthly shows can be great to really tie things together, prolong storylines, and and get more viewers on the product, which I think I think will be nothing but positive for Impact Wrestling. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because you know we hear about uh, ratings talk a lot when we're talking about WWE versus AEW, right? Um, Impact mm-hmm. doesn't get talked a lot about it. Obviously, they're on Access, not a channel everyone has. Um, but someone was able to dig up, and I think it was The Observer, um, Impact's doing kind of on average about 150, 160,000 views uh, weekly, which for a uh, for the number three, you know, maybe, you know, some people would put ROH over them. Um but as far as the number three most popular wrestling promotion in North America on a channel that doesn't everyone doesn't have, I think 150 to 160 thousand people is pretty good. Agreed. And you know, and that doesn't include people like us that watch after the fact, right? And not necessarily always on the you know the way that we should. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, big ups to them. Uh, you know, really good monthly thing, and and hopefully they can drive some subscriptions. Uh, to Impact Plus with these these monthly shows starting back up. Um, but, you know, we'll take a quick breath here and, uh, you know, quite literally, uh, because we have the uh, Impact Wrestling episode from October 6th uh, to talk about here. Um, anything else you want to add uh, before we uh, jump in here, Sandy? I want to tell you guys that you should definitely sign up for Impact Plus on Fight TV and catch this, uh, this pay-per-view. I really think you guys will love it. Hopefully, our breakdown of it will really inspire you guys to say, hey, you know, I should, I should check that match out. Um, Impact, it, they're, they're really hardworking. Everyone in that roster is really giving it all they got to, to put out great products. And I think it's a shame that they don't have a lot more viewers on their products. So if you are listening, go check them out. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree 100% with that. And it's only like $7.99 for Impact Plus. Um, so, you know, definitely do it. And, and doing it through Fight TV helps too. If you are if you have an ROH membership or if you subscribe to other uh, other wrestling promotions on there, you can view it all right there from the Fight TV app. Uh, and, you know, may, we should push for them to uh, give us some sponsorship money since we've dropped uh, Fight TV like six times now. Um, but, hey. You're right. I mean – I guess, you know, we're not going to mention that, you know, we're going to say like Schmeich me V 
um, so that, you know, they don't think that they're getting any more free press from us. But <laughs> anyway, so we actually get a match teased uh, on Victor Road that we didn't talk about. That is the opener here for uh, the October 6th episode of Impact Wrestling. Uh, and that is the uh, follow-up to uh, the Brian Myers and Tommy Dreamer match. Um, so uh, post-match at Victory Road, uh, Brian uh, pretty much says, hey, man, you're old, you're washed up. I was expecting him to get the innovator of violence, and uh, this old, you know, out-of-shape guy showed up. And so Tommy's like, okay, you know <laughs> what? I'll show you the innovator of violence. Show up Tuesday. And so I'm like, are we going straight to a no-DQ, like, old-school rules match? The answer is no. Uh, we don't. We go right to another regular rules match with Tommy Dreamer, uh, two in a row. Um, I sent him a message about it. He has not replied. I don't know why. Um, but you know, and it, Tommy. I know, right? Come on, Tommy. <laughs> uh, but we see, yeah, you know, it's a, you know, it was a pretty decent match. Pretty short one here. Uh, well, actually, it's a little bit longer than the other one. But I think that's because of the post match stuff. Um, Tommy Dreamer gets the win uh, because. Uh, Brian Myers steals a uh, play from Tommy's uh, playbook and goes and gets a kendo stick and starts uh, hitting him pretty hard with it. And uh, I don't think we're done with this uh, feud here, Sandy. I don't think we are at all. Um, but I, I will have to say, so I don't know about you, I'm not a big fan, and I don't know who would be, of the immediate rematches after a pay-per-view. Like, we just saw this match. Yeah. Give, me, give me a break, please. Um, (laughs) so I read off the bat, I was like, okay, here we go. We're going to see pretty much all the same matches from the pre-reviews. I was not happy about that, but like you mentioned, this isn't going to, looks like this is going to continue. Maybe we'll get that, that super hardcore note rules, the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer at Bountiful Glory. Could it be? Maybe. It definitely, it definitely Uh, feels that way. Yeah, but the tensions are definitely high. Um, did you, yep. That was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not really much else to say about it uh, you know, no. at this time. Um, and, you know, it wasn't the only uh, rematch from Victory Road that we saw. Uh, we'll get to that one in a little bit. Uh, but transitioning here, uh, you know, it's nice to get back into our weekly episodes of Impact Wrestling uh, after talking about a pay-per-view, um, which I guess calling it a pay-per-view is probably not. It's, I mean, it's like a network special, I guess. It's kind of probably that because we didn't yeah. pay anything extra for it. Um, but, you know, after the, after the special show, uh, we'll call it uh, in Victory Road, where you know there's not as many backstage segments. We get to see uh, another episode of the Moose Chronicles, um, <laughs> which you know uh, nothing really happened in this one. It's kind of you know a little bit more of the same, um, and then we go kind of right from there into um, the uh, well, you know we call it kind of the, the leftovers of Wrestle House, who they haven't decided to put into a another storyline yet. Um, but we see the bridal party uh, backstage arguing. Um, not really a whole lot that I had to say about this, uh, but I don't know. What do you think? A- anything from the Moose Chronicles or from our uh, our bridal party here that you want to talk about, Sandy? All right, the Moose Chronicles. Was this a, was this one supposed to be like comedy? Because he is looking everywhere. I guess maybe for the title or EC3, but he's literally looking under like a yoga mat, under a motorcycle. I was right. laughing my ass. I was like, brother, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that it cracks is, me up. It is a little slapsticky. You're right. It is. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Yeah, the looking yoga under, mat. Like a cushion. <laughs> now, but now, but now for the listeners, when she says yoga mat, she doesn't mean like stacks of yoga mats that he like kind of looks underneath the stack 
she means like a rolled out yoga mat that's flat on the ground <laughs> that he lifts up the corner of, right? I mean, it's. Wait, it, what it is, are we looking for, Ruth? What you've lost your mind? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not fitting a championship belt or EC3 underneath a yoga mat. Um, nope. <laughs> but if you wanted to go, you know, if you didn't want this to be a serious thing and go full slapstick, where they could have done, uh, if if I'm directing this as a comedy, is he looks under one yoga mat, lifts the corner of it, and nobody's there. But in the for, in the background, you see a second yoga mat that's just draped over EC3, like hiding underneath it. That would have been that would have been. <laughs> You know, if I'm doing a true slapstick scene, that would have been kind of like, oh, he looked under the wrong yoga mat, right? Just kind of slap. But, you know, yeah, it is it it is very slapstick heavy. So funny. Oh, Josh, can I tell you that I got the pleasure of uh, chopping moose this week. You did not tell me that part. Now, I, I alluded <laughs> to the fact that, that you uh, know moose now. Um, and obviously it's because you, you trained with him this week. But you did not tell me that you chopped him. How badly did your hand hurt after? <laughs> it was terrifying. Um, no, it wasn't even because of my hand. He was he was wearing like a like a sweatshirt or something. Um, oh, okay. But I was like, so he's like chopped me, and I was like, oh god, why me? So I chop him. I was like, well, am I supposed to chop you? Like choppy chop you, or kind of just like make it look like it? So I I kind of I didn't go a hundred percent. I went like eighty five percent because I was like, man, if I chop this man too hard, and he's like what the hell I would have died but I did it and I immediately looked behind me to like the rest of my uh my teammates my the students at the school and I'm and I made this face like oh I just chopped moves I was like so scared <laughs> he's a terrifying man but he's uh he's a freaking sweetheart so yeah I got to train him with this week so that was amazing he's very knowledgeable guy and I'm, I'm very grateful for that experience so yeah so we're like this now <laughs> yeah right uh, now I gotta say, I gotta ask, like, is he as physically intimidating in person as he looks like on TV? Oh my God. Yeah. He is a hundred percent muscle and, you know, he comes in the ring. He, he has a swagger about him. He comes in with his hat. He, the presence, everything that you see pretty much on, on TV is what you see from him in person. And Man, yeah, I was terrified looking at him and working with him. But at the same time, he was very helpful. He was a complete sweetheart, really wanted us to succeed and, and wanted to make sure that we learned the most from what he was teaching us. So that was really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. It's always good to hear, you know, um, especially because we hear all the old stories of like the old school wrestlers, right? Back in like the 70s, they were making towns and you had to earn your this or earn your that. And then everyone was addicted to everyone else. And there was razzing and all that stuff. Uh, it's, it's always good to hear that in 2020, people don't still have that mindset and that they, they actually do want to teach the next generation of wrestlers and the next people that are dying to learn and, and really love the industry. So uh, that's a great story. To, and, and thank you for sharing that. Uh, obviously. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I, I've I've gotten nothing but but good experiences from from the people that I've met in the industry, and, and you know I feel like being being a student of Jay Lethal, I feel like I haven't put up put over the school as as much as I should. And you know if you're listening, if you're in the Tampa Bay area, if you've ever wanted to to look at pro wrestling as a career or to fulfill your dream, your childhood dream, go for it. And there's no better place than learning from the man himself, Jay Lethal. He gives it his all. He's the most respectful coach. He is the, the sweetest man I've ever met. He really cares about his students. 
And it doesn't matter from what walks of life you come from, your age, your gender, nothing. Like he's going to give it his all when it comes to teaching you. And this week was just very special because, you know, he had Moose come to the school. We worked with uh, Josh Woods as well. And um, I'm very grateful. I also got to meet and hear critique from Gail Kim, uh, which as everyone who is listening probably knows that she is, you know, an uh, impact knockout division legend in wrestling. Absolutely. And yeah. we got to learn a lot from her as well. Yep. And you also hear her uh, now at the front of our show because you did. You did I was kind of joking with Sandy. Uh, she was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm training with Gail Kim today. And I'm like, I was just kind of joking, like, oh, man, you should get a podcast drop from her. <laughs> like an hour later, Sandy texts me. He's like, I got it. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't know. I was just joking. Like, I turned to my wife. I, and I was didn't like, know you were joking, Josh. I didn't. Well, I didn't. I, listen, you know, I, I don't. Doing things, asking favors and things like that can sometimes be awkward. So I was just kind of like, I just like, yeah. like, I probably personally would have done the same. Like, I probably would have asked for it if I was in your shoes. Um, but that's because I have no shame, uh, you know. But that's what happens, like, when you have kids, like, you, you don't have shame anymore. It's impossible to because, you know, you've had shit on your hands, right? So, um, oh. <laughs> listen, it's just, it's the truth, right? It happens. Um, like, but, yeah, I turned to Colleen and I was like, okay, so Sandy just got a podcast drop from Gail Kim Irvine. And she goes, Irvine? You mean, like, Robert Irvine? I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not why she's <laughs> – that's not why it's important that we got, like – and Colleen didn't put two and two together, like, that she's married oh, to Robert Irvine. So I, was, I had to be, like, later on, I was like, like, you realize, like, you you know who she is because you you literally said his name. But she just doesn't – my wife does not watch wrestling. Uh, and, and furthermore, would not know uh, the historical, you know, the legends of Impact Wrestling, of TNA Wrestling. Um, and, of course, you know, Gail Kim, uh, definitely with that Impact Plus membership uh, that you should get, go back and find uh, Gail Kim matches to watch because – she was she was really uh, working her ass off at a time that uh, we were coming outside of the you know the attitude era the you know the divas the this the that I um, and she she and Madison Rain and some of the others really put on some really good matches in the knockout division so super cool I, I'm I'm sure for you to have been able to work with her oh it was it was an amazing experience she was such a sweetheart and you know. <laughs> Josh, damn it. I didn't know you were joking about asking for the for the freaking podcast thing. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. Why didn't I think about that with Moose? Uh, but as soon as I asked her, no hesitation. She's like, of course. And we went outside the school and she did it in in one freaking take because she's a pro. Oh, yeah, she's a, yeah. I mean, no. when you said it to me, I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, this is like, like, she, she, like, I could tell it was like not like anything that she rehearsed. This nothing. She's just like, okay, what's the name of the podcast? Got it. And then she, poof, like, she just hit it right yeah. on the nose. Um, so, but yeah, like I said, uh, that drop is now at the front of our uh, show, uh, which is really cool. Our very first specific to the Bit Suplex podcast drop, and it's all because uh, you took me very seriously. Uh, which I would think at this <laughs> point, Sandy, as long as we've been doing it, as long as we know me, uh, you probably should take everything I say with a grain of salt and and just question whether or not I'm being serious. Because, now I know. You know. <laughs> oh well. I could have gotten heat. What if it was like against the rules to ask him for that? I'm like, oh man, it would have been Josh's fault. And gotten heat with Gail. Yeah, no, I would imagine if you would have gotten heat, uh, I would have felt really bad, and I would have driven down to the school <laughs> to apologize, um, and, and not just because I wanted to talk to Jay. Um, but anyways, 
Uh, moving on, uh, I'm going to assume since we, we had a nice little uh, segue there, uh, we're killing time because we didn't want to talk about anything that has to do with this bridal party scene, right? Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, <laughs> so moving right along. Uh, so, uh, fresh off of his win on Victory Road, we get another edition of the Defeat Rohit Challenge. I think uh, Rohit, he cuts uh, an, an excellent promo at the front end of this uh, Defeat Rohit Challenge. And then, uh, out of the blue, because uh, we kind of understand the rules are, once you get your shot at the cha- at the champ, your challenge, you don't get it again. Uh, but imagine my surprise when the music for Chocolate Thunder himself, Willie Mack, hits again. Dude, I was upset. I was like, really? Yeah, I was kind of like, oh, I was kind of hoping to see uh, who we'd get. Um, and I had kind of been half spoiled on Twitter around some of what happened next. But I didn't keep reading. I didn't understand the context. I thought something else happened uh, with the person that does answer the challenge. But, of course, Rohit takes the mic, sells well at Hitman. You had your shot. You don't get another one. So get out of the ring, and let's see who comes out next. And then imagine my surprise again when the music hits is none other than Jordan Grace. Yo, I popped. Uh, I did, too. I was really excited about it. I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome because Rohit's not the tallest guy. And obviously, we've talked before on the show that Jordan is not a super tall woman. Um, so I felt like she could really go one-on-one with him pretty well. I was pretty hyped for it. You know, Rohit looks like uh, – he looks like he's seen a ghost. He's like, I'm not wrestling <laughs> Jordan Grace. And it wasn't a, oh, I'm not wrestling a girl kind of thing. It was like, oh, fuck, I'm terrified, terrified of her. And listen, me too, Rohit. Me too. I'm terrified of Jordan Grace. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say it. But – you know, uh, we see, uh, you know, a little bit of back and forth. He's kind of distracted by Willie. Willie's saying, hey, man, wrestle her. And uh, bell rings. Jordan Grace gets a uh, quick roll-up because uh, Rohit is distracted. She wins. Willie puts the belt on her. Everyone's thinking, oh, man, this is great. And then Yo. <laughs> your boy Rohit says, this wasn't for the X Division Championship. I never said that's what it was for. This was just an open challenge. Great match, Jordan. You won. <laughs> and then he goes to the back and and this the the look of of shock and, and just disgust on both Willie and, and Jordan's faces was just priceless. <laughs> I as much as I love Rookie, my man, Rookie Reju, and I never want him to draw that title. I just didn't think it was possible that they could come up with a an opponent an opponent that would make me just absolutely be like, all right. Drop the title, my man. Your right. your time is over. Uh, and they did by getting Jordan Grace to come out. I freaking hopped out of my freaking couch. I was like, yes, baby. I was like, sorry, Willie. I love you, but this is so much better. And oh, imagine yeah. my disappointment when, of course, she gets the roll up <laughs> and it's not for the damn title. Like, part of the, I was so torn because I'm like, my man, Rohit Raju out here doing the damn thing. He never said it was for the title. He's so smart. My champion. Yeah. But then I'm like, Damn it, man. I would have loved to see uh, Jordan Grace get the win here. But, you know, uh, they go backstage or no, uh, Rohit Raju goes backstage and he's met yep. by, by Scott Zamore. He is congratulating him on his tactics, actually saying, hey, you know, you're you're a giving champ. You're giving all these opportunities out. But it's kind of like a, 
very sarcastic. Very, very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you're doing great, man. You're offering all these things. Guess what? Because you're so giving, at Bountiful Glory, we will have a six-way scramble for the X Division title, which left uh, Raju looking like, oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and so, so... Who are we going to have? It's going to be Chris Bay, TJP, Trey Miguel, was it Trey Miguel? Yeah, Trey Miguel. Yeah. Willie Mack. Willie Mack. Jordan Grace. And Jordan Grace. And Rohit Raju. Now, I, I just a, a, a brief pause here because this is a, a, a wrestling promotion that uh, obviously has no problem with women holding championships that are not the knockouts division championship. Tessa Blanchard, of course, you know, was their uh, heavyweight champion for a time. Uh, before things went south with her, um, but they obviously they they they're injecting Jordan Grace here, and I think it is a perfect place to put her. I, I I there's a lot of mixed feelings about intergender wrestling, right? As a whole, there are times that I think it makes sense. There are times that I think okay, these are two competitors that look like they can go toe to toe. It looks like a really good match. Right. I mean, Candice LeRae, of course, historically has done a ton of it. Uh, Lou Fisto is something that you hear about a lot in the indies that's done a ton of it. There's a lot of big names that are against it. Cody Rhodes has come out and said that he, oh, he's not a fan of it. He doesn't want it in AEW. Um, Lance Storm has been against it um, in most cases, uh, drawn a lot of backlash there. And so I just want to ask you, Sandy, kind of what your thoughts as, as a female wrestler what your thoughts are regarding intergender wrestling? Do you want to see it in major promotions? Do you want to see it on the indies? What, what are kind of your thoughts there? I would love to see it in uh, major promotions. I think it works. It can work very well. One of the one of the bigger ones that made me absolutely love uh, intergender wrestling recently was Chris Statlander. Her stuff in oh god what was the promotion up north where she where she came out of man she can put up a match with just about any 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 man woman you name it alien and, even yeah so she, she exactly. is from outer space yeah. <laughs> and you know her stuff i feel I, it, it's hard for me to say it has to make sense because it's pro wrestling pro wrestling is an art it is so subjective it can mean right. whatever the hell you want it to mean. You know, we have comedy wrestling. I feel like one of one of the biggest gimmicks in wrestling is tag team wrestling. You know, you, you if you think about the rules in tag team wrestling, it's the most gimmicky yeah. thing, I guess, in pro wrestling, even more so than women's wrestling, even more so to me than intergender wrestling. So I understand the point of it having to make sense, possibly in the size between the two competitors. But that's a story that's that's something that you can say too when it comes to um like we saw triple XL and the Rascals. You know, the size right. difference, the strength difference, but we still see the Rascals go over on Triple XL and that you know, the size difference mm. there didn't matter. You can say the same thing with intergender wrestling. If you have a, a stronger, bigger man against a female competitor, hey, it's not all about strength, it's not all about size, there's speed. You know, if we think back into the old, so the very first uh, UFC days, there was no weight limitation. Right. You know, there was no cap. Anyone can go with anyone, and it had to do more with skill. So, yeah. 
it's it's just a slippery slope, you know. Part of me does want to say, okay, let's make it look realistic. Let's make it have it make sense. But at the same time, fuck it. Like, it doesn't have to. Yeah, no, I, and, and the reason why I break, so, you know, when Dan and I were, were discussing uh, the episode of Impact that he covered with me, uh, there's the kind of the end of the Sammy Callahan, uh, Rob Van Dam feud. And the, the end of the match, um, the simulation was that, if, you know, Rob Van Dam won, Katie Forbes got five minutes in the ring alone to beat up Sammy Callahan was basically the premise of it. And of course, uh, I had the, the fear uh, that it was just going to turn into Sammy Callahan beating up Katie Forbes. And mm-hmm. that's exactly what it turned into. And the, the the last thing we see of Katie Forbes, of course, on Impact TV, mm-hmm. because Rob Van Dam and Katie Forbes uh, did not have their contracts renewed uh, after that uh, feud ended, was Katie Forbes eating a pile driver uh without really protecting herself at all. And then he just kind of tosses her like, you know, like a limp body away. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's, 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 it's, it's always difficult because uh, we do live in a world where there is, you know, so much uh, domestic violence. There's a lot of violence between, you know, men against women. Mm -hmm. And so I think, like you said, how you present it matters. Um, in my opinion, and, and I'm just, you know, I'm just a, a white guy on the internet, uh, you know, making a podcast. Um, but I think that if you can do it in a way that it presents it as a competition, like other wrestling matches, and it's not a violent beat down like Sammy give Katie, but it's a, you know, you go back on YouTube and watch Candice LeRae and Adam Cole and PWG have incredible matches. And it doesn't look like it's a domestic violence <laughs> kind of thing, right? So yeah. I, know, I just wanted to get your thoughts on it and just kind of, you know, because I, I know everyone's kind of different on that and everyone has a different opinion. Um, and I, I want to say, you know, like Kylie Ray uh, just had a, a match on the independence against, uh, I think it was Alex Shelley uh, that I want to go back and find the tape of it and watch oh, that because yeah. I imagine that's very good. Um, so it, it, it like, oh, but yeah. that to me is, you know, it's two people, similar stature. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, I think it's a case by case basis. Um, just like you, you don't necessarily want to watch the undertaker wrestle Rey Mysterio either, but you know, yeah, yeah, you know, it, but, but here, uh, here with, here with Jordan Grace, I feel like it's an equal footing thing. I don't feel like she's oh, someone yeah. that that's going to just absolutely get picked on because obviously she is strong. She is very fast. Um, so I think she's going to be doing some of the agility stuff with, you know, with Chris Bay, with TJP, with Jay McGill, but I think she's going to do some power moves too with Willie Mack and Raheet Raju. So uh, this this match uh, at Bound for Glory, the six way scramble for the X Division Championship, um, that kind of became my number one match. I'm most excited to see Sandy, uh, if I'm being completely honest. Oh yeah, it could be a banger. We'll see. We'll see how it actually plays out. But yeah, I think it's one to look out for for sure. Yeah, for sure. But you know, we're getting closer. October 24th is not as far away as it was last week. So we're we're Inching ever closer to uh, Bound for Glory. I think it is uh, two weeks from tomorrow. We're recording this on October 9th. So two weeks from October 10th. Uh, so two Saturdays uh, and we're there. Um, but uh, after that little uh, fiasco of the Defeat Raheed Challenge, we do see uh, Falaba had said that he was going to go find money to help Johnny Bravo uh, pay for the wedding. And, of course, he, we all know about Hernandez's money from arm wrestling. So there's a whole bunch of nonsense uh, kind of set up here. I don't have anything I want to touch on. Anything you want to touch on with followed by challenging Hernandez to an arm wrestling match? 
nope. <laughs> but then, <laughs> so that happened earlier, and then we see a short clip of uh, Hernandez in the shower and Palaba. Pala, what, am I Palaba. Well, that actually <laughs> that happens a little bit later. Uh, that he goes and steals it. We can talk about it now. It doesn't matter when we talk about it because it it just it's absolutely doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, he oh, spills cool. he spills coffee on Hernandez or something, and it prompts Hernandez to go shower. Um, I've spilled coffee on myself a lot, Sandy. I've never <laughs> felt the need to go to go immediately shower after. Um, but hey, I mean, uh, everyone's a little different, I guess. So, but you know, it, it's just. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. Nope. But we'll see where it goes. He steals the money. <laughs> yeah, you know, if, if, I don't think we're going to see Hernandez in a ring. He seems to send Reno scum after whomever. Uh, so maybe uh, we all will see, right. you know, Falaba and uh, and Johnny Springer have to fight Reno scum because Reno scum is trying to get Hernandez's money back. I don't know. I, I don't think it leads to much uh, before Bound for Glory. Uh, we'll, we might see the payoff or lack thereof at Bound for Glory because there are some other matches, obviously, they're going to throw in there that are not title matches. Uh, you know, we talked about Brian Myers and Tommy Dreamer is probably going to be one. EC3 and Moose is kind of a title match with Moose's self-proclaimed TNA World Heavyweight Championship belt. Uh, but it's not because that's not an officially recognized belt by Impact. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Anywho. Um, our other rematch of Victory Road uh, happens here. Triple XL versus the Rascals again. Yeah, so Victory Road rematch. Um, we have Triple XL immediately attack uh, Dez and Wentz even before you know they can even take off their jackets. Uh, yeah. They send Wentz to the outside and they isolate uh, isolate Dez before they could even take off their jackets. And uh, to be honest, I. I like I mentioned earlier, actually, I'm not a big fan of those uh, rematches directly after a pay-per-view or a big show. Um, so far, this would this would be uh, two out of three on tonight's episode. Uh, episode, but we do see the Rascals defeat Triple XL once more after AC Romero catches uh, Big Larry D with a main forearm and when super kicks AC Romero outside of the ring. Um, the finishing they do their finishing maneuver, which I don't know if you you recall the name, but it's that they freaking Flip over Wentz and he pushes him over to uh, to the person on the ground. What is that called? What um, it, it's it's some it's pun so about it's it's some pun about marijuana. Um, <laughs> of course. You know, because it has to be. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll tell you in just a moment if you want to just uh, you know uh, keep vamping here a little bit. Um, sure. But yeah, this match, I, I, it was pretty good. You know, I I, I really liked the um the opening spot that you talked about where before you know they even got their jackets off um they did kind of like a torture rack where ac and, and larry were literally like pooling at opposite ends of des oh, yeah, and, then, about- and then they took that and they just lifted it up straight into a giant power bomb like it was pretty interesting i don't know that i've seen that before but again you know we're seeing these moves out of uh triple XL towards uh, the rascals because there is, you know, a, a giant um, size discrepancy um, between the two, you know, teams triple um, XL. I thought it was interesting. They, they don't pick up the win um, either match. 
you know, we'll see kind of what they they do there. It just didn't, and I don't know. It just doesn't feel like anything of consequence. Um, the Rascals are not involved in the tag match at Bound for Glory, at least not yet. Um, yeah. The, so the finishing move is called Hot Fire Flame. Uh, like I said, you know, it mm. is it's something to do with smoking marijuana, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is. Uh, it, it's an interesting thing to just keep running these tag matches um that don't i mean you got four other tag team matches tag teams that are involved in stuff it is you know it's interesting to kind of see where they kind of just kind of stack things in with these filler matches um but you know it it was an interesting match um and then of course immediately following this match we had the follow bot taking the cash from hernandez while he's showering that we touched on and then we get a uh another uh shot uh another video package of uh, Jimmy Jacobs now with Rich Swan's doctor talking about the progress. He's a hundred percent ready to go. Doctor. Right, right. That doctor is man. They could have they they had another week, Sandy, to find another doctor that could actually <laughs> sell a scene. <laughs> this doctor cracks me up. He is so bad. <laughs> but <laughs> you know he's he's got like what a line and a half, and he can't get it out. I don't know why. No. He must be like a camera operator or someone they have that's like, you know, coronavirus cleared that's just around. I guess. I don't know. I don't know, Sandy. It's for me. Um, but we see, you know, someone is working out in scrubs behind him. We see Rich Swan doing his little exercises. Uh, and then out of nowhere, the person in scrubs is revealed to be Eric Young, who then brutally attacks Rich Swan and does something to his ankle off camera. After picking up a uh, big, uh, big uh, plate, uh, you know, uh, for those that are not, you know, weightlifters, a plate would be a, a 45 pound uh, weight that you would put on the end of a barbell. And uh, I, it sounded pretty gruesome. It was, we'll see what happens here. Um, but hopefully it doesn't put into jeopardy uh, Rich Swan for Battle Glory. God, I hope not. But, you know, one thing you made clear, EY looks at him and just tells Rich to stay out of his way. And yep. that was, man, that was a beatdown. It was an absolute beatdown. Like I said, it sounded gross. I did not like the way that sounded at all when he did the plate on the, the ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, man, oof. That's all I got to say about that. Right? Yeah. Pretty much, so, like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, we go from that uh, to a backstage interview uh, with Mosley Machine Guns where they, they kind of like, hey, man, that was kind of brutal. Uh, but uh, anywho, we'll talk about our own business, right? And so uh, not, I don't really have anything uh, of note to talk about with this backstage here. What about you? Nope. The Good Brothers just out boasting that they're undefeated. And, of course, they warned, warned that they'll take the titles from – um, from the Motor City Machine Guns at Bountiful Glory. Uh, I think it was Doc Ollis who made it very clear. So we want to make sure that you guys, that we take it from you guys. So it's yeah. getting heated. This has been playing for a very long time. And I can't, honestly, I'm very excited to see the payout at Bountiful Glory. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, I I said on this podcast, I'm not exactly super excited about the Good Brothers. I, You know, I wasn't. That wasn't like the big signing that I thought it was going to be, you know, that everyone's like, oh, wow, you know, they went to Impact. This is going to be great for Impact. I'm like, is it really, though? Um, but actually, I've been really impressed with the, the the effort that they've been putting forth because, you know, I think a lot of times we expect these these veteran guys that go to 
I don't want to say lesser promotions, but you know, they were in WWE, they were in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They've been to the quote unquote mountaintops of professional wrestling, and then they take due to you know, Impact is right now a step below those as far as you know pay and notoriety and things. Um, but they're really giving it their all, it seems. Agreed. I feel like that that speaks volumes to the type of people that they are. If that is the case, you know, they're they're putting their best foot forward. They're giving it all. They're all. They want to make sure that this that the Impact Tag Team Division is elevated by them being there. That they're not just getting a paycheck. Um, kind of like how they were in WWE, which wasn't right. their fault. Um, but no, they're really, I'm excited. I feel like it's really done a lot for the tag team division. Yeah, I agree. And what's great too is that, you know, we do get um, a tease for next week. Uh, we are going to see uh, Doc Gallows wrestle one-on-one with Madman Fulton uh, in next week's Impact. So that should be pretty interesting. We'll see if, you know, they keep uh, that undefeated streak going for the Good Brothers. I imagine they do. Um, but I, you know, Doc Gallus hasn't done a whole lot of one-on-one in the recent years. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. So why don't you take us through this, uh, this next tag match here, Sandy. Okay. I freaking love this tag match and I hope you did too. Yep. We have Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie versus Sasha Steeles and Kira Hogan. And, you know, we saw which other match was it last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago that, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the best. I think we had some some critiques to it, that it, it just didn't look clean. It was kind of sloppy. There was mm-hmm. just a lot going on and it kind of got lost. But, man, this if we can count this as a redemption, holy shit, they did it because it was it was fantastic. I was blown away. This may be one of the best women's tag team matches that I have seen in if not ever, then definitely in quite some time. Um, I was super impressed. Everything was, it was very fast paced, but it was very aggressive. And even though it was a, a, a faster paced match than the, maybe their previous match or, you know, what we're used to, they were able to execute everything flawlessly, perfectly. It told a great story. And I really think, you know, from what we see here at the end, from what we see for, uh, was it, I don't know if the match, it's going to be next week or at Bountiful Glory. I can't recall, but I really do think they're going to bring some uh, women's tag team titles into the picture. And I feel like this really solidifies that, especially after such a great match. Yeah. And you, and, and the, the match you're alluding to is the uh, triple threat uh, women's tag match uh, next week. They tease between Rosemary and Taya, Kira Hogan, and Tasha Steeles, And then of course, Havoc and Nevaeh, uh, uh, the other tag team. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, this match was uh, really a really excellent match. Um, it goes nine minutes, 15 seconds, flies by. Um, it doesn't feel long. It doesn't feel like there's, you know, it doesn't feel like at any point that they should get out of there. Um, and th- all four women absolutely work their asses off. Um, I, you know, the MVPs, uh, I, I, I kind of would say are Taya and, and Kira Hogan, but that's not because the other ones aren't uh, holding their own, right? Uh, Rosemary looked really good. Tasha Steeles looked as good as she's looked in, in the last few weeks. Um, but ultimately, it ends in a uh, kind of like a wing clipper uh, kind of uh, stunner by Rosemary that I thought looked pretty brutal. Um, I liked the finish, liked the match. Uh, I'm excited to see you know what they kind of do here. If they do, I think you know I'm right there with you. Like I think they're going to do women's tag team champions uh, championship belts, and I think they should. I hope so. They have, I mean, they have the talent there. They have 
I feel like they haven't ain't enough women in there. I, they, if they do bring the belts, they may need to look into uh, bringing more talent in. Maybe doing something like how AEW is doing, where they bring independent, unsigned talent to to have these matches with with their own talent. I think they could really benefit from from doing something like that. Get the more eyes on the product, get more talent in there, more variation, more storylines, uh, different matchups that we would be unable to see otherwise. And I think yeah. they, uh, if they decide to go that route, it's, it's the best thing that they can do. But, man, I got to tell you, this match, I stopped taking notes as this match picked up because it was just so fantastic. It was hectic. It was perfectly executed. Uh, like you mentioned, Ty and Rosemary get the win. If I have to say anything negative about it, I do not care for or like Rosemary's gear. It is so distracting to me. It's a yeah, lot. It's too much. There's there's it's a lot on. happening there, and it's, it's too bulky, and it, it can be very distracting. But this is the best that I've seen her work, um, Rosemary, for as yeah. a matter of fact. So, no, I great. agree with that. You know, I thought Rosemary looked really good, but uh, heads and shoulders of what we've seen out of her the past couple of weeks, uh, certainly. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I, I have my reservations about Havoc and Nevaeh as a tag team, just because you know sometimes yeah. they kind of look lost. Um, but hopefully, you know, with the other two teams in there, you know, hopefully we get a pretty good match. Uh, I, like you said, I think it's next week. Um, we get another tag match. It, you know, seems to be kind of the theme of the night uh, here as the, you know, we're moving on. The Deaners, uh, of course, which is Cody Deaner and Cousin Jake, take on Crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger as more fallout from the, uh, the bridal party. Uh, this one goes two minutes and 49 seconds, and I feel like we're <laughs> going to talk about it a lot less than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just a comedy, comedy match, comedy nothing match. It was just there. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing was uh, the nonsense between Swinger and Crazy Steve. They were trying to get something from his from his little man his fanny pack. Thing. Yeah, it was a fanny pack. Fanny pack. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was it. The only thing that we can that I remember really was just Josh and commentary saying, saying, talk about a cast of characters. And I was like, Josh, you are correct, sir. And then that's pretty much it. Let's. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that was about the only and... thought the commentary could get out there because this match was over before yeah. it started pretty much. Um, of course the Deaners pick up the win, uh, defeating crazy Steve and Johnny Swinger. Um, yeah, it was a match that happened. Um, but <laughs> I, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, we get a backstage interview with Kylie Ray. Still just visibly distraught uh, because they kind of show the, the clip of Susie uh, kind of getting her arm broken again by Diana Perrazzo. And, you know, the interviewer is like, you know, uh, what does it what does it feel like uh, seeing your best friend, you know, get her arm broken just now, like on the, on the tape? And she's like, seeing it just now. How about seeing it again? Like, I, I was forced to watch that happen. And, this, you know, she's really freaking out. And I've, I've been somewhat critical about Kylie Ray's promo ability in the past. I've always felt like that's kind of the one spot she lacked. Um, but this felt more raw. It felt more emotion. Um, I, I've actually really liked the, the promo work out of here uh, from her. Oh my God. Yeah. It felt like it was her, her true emotion. She's upset. Of course she couldn't do anything to help Susie as Kimberly made her watch uh, when Deanna broke Susie's arm off. Um, we do see Kimberly coming in and interrupting, completely mocking her, teaches Kylie. Of course, we all expect Kylie to just kind of take it because she's so sweet. She's so nice. Right. Miley Kylie Ray. And Kimber, of course, goes in for for the tease and 
she does mention, hey, you don't know who Susie really is, which I thought was a a, a good thing to throw in there for the storyline. Um, yeah. But Kylie just has had enough and goes in the attack on Kimber. Her this promo on, on her part, it, it was so it was executed very well. And same with Kimberly, it felt natural. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was a pretty good backstage thing. I I haven't really liked Kimberly's um, mic work either. Um, but mm-hmm. this was, it, it wasn't a situation where she had to do a lot of it. Um, Kylie kind of snaps and you can see she's just, she doesn't know, like, she's like upset with herself for snapping. She's upset about, you know, Susie. So we'll see if they kind of playing this up. Like Kylie's just kind of out of her head. She's not her in her head, like her normal mentality. Um, we'll see how that kind of plays in the weeks to come. Of course, we find out, uh, that next week we'll see Kylie Ray take on Kimberly in singles action. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. Um, from there we go straight into uh, which I, I thought was a pretty good segment here uh, with Heath and Scott uh, Demore talking contracts. It, <laughs> I was excited at first. I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. Possible contract negotiation. But unfortunately, it didn't go so well for Heath. We see mm-hmm. Scott Demore grab his like folded up piece of paper that looked like a, a, a nut. It looked like a bill. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, yo, we can definitely talk about negotiations here for Keith. And Keith is like, I got this. Pulls out a whole ass folder with multiple papers inside. And Scott is like, oh, oh, you, you did this yourself. And it looks like you had a lawyer do it. <laughs> so right. it didn't go so well because apparently there were a lot too many, too many uh, zeros in the asking price for the contract. And lots of uh, lots of asterisks in this contract, so Scott Demore did not seem so pleased anymore. So poor Heath, we'll see we'll see where the negotiation goes. <laughs> yeah, you know it gets heated. And what I thought was interesting too is that Heath actually name checks uh, Monday Night Raw um, when he's oh, he's yeah. like like man, I after I got fired, I went on Raw with Russell Drew McIntyre. I'm like, wait, did he just said Raw Andrew McIntyre? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, if any, it's not like he said anything negative. Uh, if anything, yeah. he gave them a free plug on Access TV to, you know, tune in Monday nights on USA. Um, but <laughs> we see they're kind of playing fast and loose with this mentioning other companies thing, uh, mentioning wrestlers outside their company. Um, so, you know, I guess they're just going to keep doing that because uh, I don't think Don Callis really cares. <laughs> he he seems like. He's gonna like what? Try me. Like I, you can't you can't get mad at me for saying anything. All you can do is say don't say it again, right? I mean, there's no lawsuit to be had there because he didn't say Raw sucks. Um, so you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, then we get a, a clip of EC3 cutting a promo in what looks like to be uh, the foliage that is outside of well, the impact zone. Uh, of course, Moose does not know where it is, um, and then he cuts a promo and drops the belt off of a walkway. Um, I think we're supposed to be led to believe that that's a bridge over a river. It doesn't look anything like that. Uh, it kind of just looks like a little walkway uh, bridge <laughs> type thing. Um, and, you know, it, it just kind of keeps setting up, you know, what we're eventually going to get to with, you know, Bound for Glory. Uh, Moose and EC3 is officially happening there. And like I mentioned before, it is going to be in a quote unquote undisclosed location. So maybe it is amongst the foliage outside of the impact zone. Who knows? Uh, and then, of course, we go right into another uh, Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan uh, backstage. Uh, much like the last one, this one does nothing for me. 
Yeah, so Sammy finds Ken. Ken feels actually bad about attacking Eddie Edwards. Uh, Sammy encourages him uh, by encourage, I mean manipulate, uh, says that he's on the up and up as the old killer Ken Shamrock. Um, and, and we see Ken eating that up as he attacks a poor bystander uh, nearby. So we'll see. We'll keep seeing where this goes. Sorry that it's not doing anything for you, Josh. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And, you know, uh, it, it's what really takes me out of it too is just this absolute cornball shit that Sammy keeps saying, like, "Oh, it's got look at this, it's got forty five million retweets," and it's like, <laughs> Sammy, like, no, come no. on, <laughs> like, come <laughs> on, man, like, do your hacker gimmick, that's fine, but to be like social media hacker guy that's caring about how many hits something is getting, like, I don't know if like, the Corey, angles... Neil Dashwood, right? I don't know if it's supposed to be like. Oh, Ken doesn't know anything about this. He might believe that it's forty-five million. Now I'm pumping up his ego, uh, but if that's the angle, mm-hmm. it's a dumb angle. I'm just gonna say, it. I I just don't. Why would Ken Shamrock care how many people are liking his videos on Twitter? Yeah, I agree that, that when they when they threw that aspect in there in the last interview, I didn't care. That's that's the one thing that, that you can say is just taking people off of it completely. Because okay, is that is that your goal? Why why would Ken? care exactly right yeah so yeah yeah whatever (laughs) so we get to the (laughs) we get to the main event here uh of our uh october 6th episode of impact and it's a pretty good one here uh we get ace austin and madman fulton versus the motor city machine guns who of course are in a non-title match here um lots of really good action i didn't take a whole lot of notes because so much was happening um but you know uh we see a theme here with these tag team matches that involve the Motor City Machine Guns, and that is the Motor City Machine Guns are pretty awesome. They're so freaking great. Alex Shelley, I want to meet this man one day. And I, I one day, I don't know. I, I, there's yeah. so much that you can learn from this man. He's so good. Um, but of course, Ace Austin being 23 years old, I know you're very fond of this guy. I am. Uh, he's excellent in the ring. I just cannot get into what he looks like. <laughs> And I that's get that. So unfair. Like I feel like I shouldn't be like I don't like this wrestler because of how he looks. But sorry. <laughs> hey, no, but you know, but um, you know this as a wrestler. I mean, the look that you craft is very important. You know, if you yeah, no, it absolutely is. If you don't have the look that's that the audience is reacting to, then I mean, you gotta kind of think about that. But I think for the most part, people like his look, although it is a very very much uh, Gambit from X Men uh, vibe that I get from it. Um, but as someone who's, and, and I'll be perfectly honest about this, Andy, my favorite X-Men as a child, uh, and probably now was Gambit and it's because he could throw playing cards and then make them explode. I mean, that was, let's be honest as a kid, that was the coolest thing ever. And then in the cartoon, <laughs> he had that really thick, horrible, uh, horribly done Creole accent because he was from Louisiana, you know, from the bayou. Um, but no, uh, getting back to Ace Austin, of course. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is 23. <laughs> Um, he's won the X division championship and, and impact is someone they obviously care a lot about. Um, mm-hmm. and they keep putting him in some pretty big spots here. I will say as far as his look goes, um, like as someone I've had gauge deers in the past, um, mine are all closed up now. Um, hey. Jeff Hardy is someone that is, you know, has gauge deers that comes to, into play more than I'd like to see come into play. Um, that man, that man gets his ears attached to things like it shouldn't happen. It makes me very sick. 
Um, but, you know, it, it can be distracting because Ace wrestles with his gauges in. Uh, and so he takes one slam, bad slam, and now the you know the gauge is bouncing around the ring, and you know I I don't want to see anybody get hurt or you know step on that or slip or something when they're going across. So at some point he should probably wrestle with those out, and that's all I'll say about his look. You know I didn't even notice that, which is hilarious. I just want to, I don't like the color purple, and I think it's just the purple hair really just kills me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and his gauges eyeliner. are purple too. I, I mean, it's pretty yellow, so yeah, oh, there's Shannon. a lot of purple. There's too much purple. A lot of purple. <laughs> and another thing I do want to say that I've noticed over the past few weeks, there is way too much dubstep on Impact. Like so many of their entrances of music, it's like doom, 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 the whole like. I, is it dubstep? I don't know. That's the, the closest thing that I can think of. Yeah. Also, not a big fan. But that is seriously just being like super freaking nitpicky about my own personal taste. It's nothing bad sure. on impact. I just wanted to say that. I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, every other freaking entrance is just. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> well, yeah. I, it, they could they could hire a, a CFO or a, uh, you know, somebody to come in and yeah, do something. They're on the outs. They're on the out to WWE, right? CFO. Yeah, CFO. Yeah, CFO's gone. Like it has been for about a year. So, hey, you know what? Impact, they could also they could also call up our friend Rich Lotta and uh, have oh. Hey Say Rich, you know, make us some intro music here, right? I mean, I'm sure Rich would, oh, would yeah. jump. Hey, listen, I'm hey, listen, I'm gonna right now. I'm gonna make the call just in case you know Gail wants to listen because of her drop. Hey, Gail, <laughs> call up our boy Rich Lotta. His his uh, social media stuff will be in our our show notes. Uh, you know, definitely check them out. And then for the listeners, hey, check out Rich, Rich's stuff uh, on Spotify, on YouTube. Uh, really good stuff. Um, but, you know, kind of getting back to the match a little bit here, and I'll agree with you about the music. They do need, you know, even like Motor City Machine Guns music is kind of just, you know, it's it's like driving like Detroit rock, so to speak. And the mm-hmm. guy's just, you know, the guy's just crooning over it. Motor City. And it's just kind of like, all right, man, we get it. They're from Detroit. Okay, just. Come on, just just stop it. Just take the vocal track out and the music is fine. You know, like, but, you know, I guess they want to remind people they are the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, but, no, I thought it was a very good match. You know, it goes about 13 minutes. Uh, of course, you know, the, the, uh, there is some uh, interference. It looks like it's going to happen from the north walking out. Uh, your boy, of course, uh, Ethan Page comes out. And yeah, he looks good. Wearing his, uh, what I would call his stupid shorts again. I do not like his fashion style. Um, but you know, him and Josh Alexander come out from the back. Looks like they're going to get involved. Good brothers come out. And for some reason, I, and I can't figure out why, but I guess it's because they're trying to position the good brothers as kind of a baby face, kind of a tweener thing, but they decide they're going to stop the North from interfering in the match, which leads to the motor city machine guns winning. I don't really understand that part of it, but you know, I guess, uh, I guess it just happened. <laughs> yeah. And they're, it, the attitude of the Good Brothers is that they're very heelish. But at the same time, I feel like Impact's like realizing, okay, they're, they're such big stars coming coming to Impact. They, they can't really be heels. But it, yeah, it's, it's a weird dynamic. We've seen it kind of kind of flip back and forth to, to other moments and matches where we're like, okay, are, are the baby faces? Are they like, what's happening here? Um, yeah, yeah, they come out for the save from from the north. Freaking Ethan Page every time. I can't believe I hadn't said that. I haven't said this already, but he looks so freaking good. Props <laughs> to you, my man. <laughs> but no, this match was was super fun. 
Colton looked mean as ever when he was tearing down Alex Shelley in the beginning of the match. Um, there was yeah. a, I don't know if you recall this. Alex Shelley at one point grabbed Colton's crotch. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up because it was very awkward. It was so weird. He had a handful. And it wasn't just like for a moment, for a distraction. Like, I, I really hope it was pla- planned because, I mean, Colton just kind of looked down like, what the hell? Like, he was kind of yeah. surprised, and I feel like everyone was surprised. I'm like, what happened there? It, feel, it, it felt like he was trying – they were trying to do this, like, he's bigger than I expected, like, height-wise. So when he went to reach uh, back to, like, hit him, I think – you know, I don't know. I'm, I might be trying I to so. – ex- I might be trying to explain something that doesn't need to be explained and to just probably be <laughs> forgotten about because it was a very strange moment, and nothing happened because of it. Nothing. So it was just him grabbing his crotch, and then Colton still had him by the ropes. And I'm just like, what the fuck was that? He just molested poor Colton for no reason. It was yeah. so weird. But outside of that, um, oh my gosh, do you recall the the Chris Saban uh, drop kick from the top rope to the back of the head of Ace Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that that looked so dangerous. There was a lot of whiplash from Ace Austin on that one, and it just reminded. Me of um, God, who was it? Paige when Sasha did that to Paige when she came back from yeah. her neck injury that that took her out again. I yeah. do not did not like that, but hopefully he's okay. Uh, would would love to see less of that, but it looked terrifying. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I will say this too, and, and and we talk a lot about Alex Shelley and rightfully so, but Chris Saban holds his own in there as well. And and, and when they do when they do their tandem offense where they where they do the. Uh, you know, the kicks, and then they do the, the one guy runs and flips mm-hmm. over the guy and holds the neck up so that the other guy comes off the ropes and does the drop kick. Um, it's just, I mean, it's flawless every time they do it. You can tell they've done it a million times. Uh, but well, still, every time it's just, and you're just like, oh, yeah, that's why these guys are good, right? Uh, it makes sense why they're the tag team champions right now. Um, you know, you the, the common theme with a lot of professional wrestling is when they have these multi-man matches for championships – Oftentimes the champion retains. That's you know kind of the money that you can put on it. Um, I don't know. It really depends to me what the Good Brothers contract situation is and whether or not they're allowed to go to Japan. It's, it's honestly what I what I think it kind of boils down to. If the Good Brothers aren't going to Japan at all, or at least not for a while because of COVID, it makes sense to put the belts on them. But if they're going to go to to Japan, right? New Japan just announced they're doing the World Tag League. They haven't announced anything. There's been a lot of Twitter chatter today because some of the AEW talent's been talking about World Tag League and Best of Super Juniors. Oh, yeah. uh, Orange Cassidy tweeted, hey, when's uh, Best of the Super Juniors or something along those lines, right? And, you know, of course, everyone's like, oh, I can't wait. Maybe they could do that. But, you know, there's some talent signed in, in some other places that kind of have these both ways contracts. Um, you know. John Moxley. John Moxley. Uh uh, Miro, uh, a.k.a. Rusev, has said that he's got in his contract to be able to go to both. I believe that FTR has the, their contracts uh, signed that way. Um, and then, uh, obviously, the Good Brothers, I, I, I'm fairly confident, have the ability to go to Japan as well. Um, so if they're going to go off and do a World Tag League, which might, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's way out of this world not possible, considering their history there, Um I you know we'll see what happens. Uh, I I think we'll know based on uh, what kind of the World Tag League roster gets announced. 
whether or not the Good Brothers uh, will will come up with the champions. That's my opinion. But you know, they could surprise us all, and they could not do it, and then they don't win. But they've got this undefeated streak coming in. And I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll see. But for this match, um, Alex Shelley pins Fulton from a crossbody, and that is it for for this huge tacking title shot at uh, Bound for Glory. I honestly have no idea who's going to take it. You know, we still have the buildup for it. We had a couple of weeks. You know, like you mentioned, Doc Gallows and, and Madman Fulton are going to go out it next week. It could go either way. And there's lots, like you mentioned, lots of different factors to determine that. But based on the storyline, outside of the contract negotiations, it's based on the stories that we've seen over the past few weeks. It's been since the anniversary, actually. It's been yeah. a while. Um, it's it's They're all so on par to each other that it could it could go any way, either way. And yeah. no matter no matter who wins it, I think it's gonna it's gonna be fantastic because all these teams they're they're producing some of their best work right now. Which will be interesting too, and and it, it feels like, you know, okay, so we had at Victory Road Josh Alexander pick up a win. This mm-hmm. week's impacts we have the Motor City Machine Guns pick up a win. Next week, uh, you have Doc Gallows against Madman Fulton, so a third tag team is gonna have a win represented in the build up. Um, and we'll be interested to see if they don't get all four of them a win before Bound uh, for Glory comes up. And that would be pretty interesting. Uh, and, you know, I, you would call that traditionally 50-50 booking, but, of course, it's more like 25-25-25-25 booking if you're doing the math there. <laughs> uh, I took a math test today. And, and, you know, I passed it. I aced it, in fact. Um, but, oh, thank you. Um but yeah, no, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see kind of, uh, you know, we're starting to see this card shape up. We have all of our championship matches now booked for it. Um, I'm getting excited for Bound for Glory. Um, you know, we, we might have to watch it together. It's a pretty big event. Um, you know, <gasps> That'd be fun. We might have to, you know, Dan uh, Dan Coffin uh, is said that he wants to watch it. Jeremy will probably be interested in watching it. We'll have to see, you know, kind <gasps> of, we'll, we'll make sure that we keep the group small. Watch party. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely down for for a watch party for that. Uh, for the listeners, definitely, uh, you can pre-order uh, Bound for Glory now on the Fight TV app. You don't have to wait until day of, minute of. Uh, you know, we signal boosted. Uh, Gail had, had tweeted about that, so I want to make sure, especially since she did us a solid, that you know I'm, we're making sure that you know definitely you know get ready to purchase uh, Bound for Glory. It's up on Fight TV right now. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what the price is. Do you know what the price is, uh, Sandy? No idea. I think it's forty. I think Slam Anniversary is forty. Um, yeah, forty bucks. I mean, most most wrestling pay per views, uh, you know, you're like fifty, sixty bucks. Impact, you get a forty dollar one here. Um, I, definitely, it's going to be worth your money. Definitely, you know, pre order it if you can. Um, and you know, you get you when you buy it on the fight, you know, TV, you get credit towards the fight app to get other pay per views later on. Stack them up that way. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Great week of Impact Wrestling. We got another week next week of Impact Wrestling. Yeah, but we might mix it up with some video game stuff. Uh, you know, so let us know what you want to hear. Um, we're still waiting for suggestions. If anyone, anyone at all, has a suggestion on a video game topic to enter into the giveaway that Dan was so gracious to put together for us, uh, definitely send it over to apitsuplex at gmail.com. Tweet it at us at apitsuplex on Twitter. Or reach out to us personally. 
Uh, Sandy, uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, you know run through uh, your plugs, your sign-offs, anything else you want to add? I want to plug Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling and Chilitos Academy in Tampa Bay. We're located actually in Pinellas Park. If you're in the area, like I mentioned earlier, and you want to chase your chase your dreams there's no better place to do it in this area than with jay lethal um also check out tampa bay pro wrestling our shows are on the fight tv app as well they're available for free you can watch my two matches uh which i'm very proud of with recently signed talent brandy lawrence she was recently signed to nxt i'm so happy and excited for her um you can find me on twitter at sailor zelda as in Sailor Moon and uh, The Legend of Zelda, because I love them both so much. And on Instagram at Sandy Gaviria, G-A-V-I-R-I-A, that is my Instagram. Follow me on there. And, of course, you can follow the 8-Bit, social, 8-bit, <laughs> 8-bit Suplex Podcast on Twitter. Oh, my gosh. How did I mess that one up? <laughs> That's okay. It's, it's, you know, it's been a long week. It's been a busy week. Uh, you know, definitely do that. Time. Um, and then, you know, uh, of course we do have a friend of the show, uh, that did pick up a, uh, eight bit suplex t-shirt. Uh, so thank you to Carson for that. Um, right. There's, there's the right name. Okay, good. I got the yes. name right. <laughs> I, you know, when, when you have kids and you're a dad names, first names just don't exist anymore. You just forget them all the time. Uh, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've been called the, the name of the dead dog. Uh, just because my, it's just where my dad's at. Um, I, I get it. As a dad now, I get it. <laughs> but definitely head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex. Uh, make sure you pick yeah. up your favorite Social Suplex Podcast Network t-shirts, uh, whether that be ours, whether that be Keeping It Strong Style, the Ace of Podcasts, uh, One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive, and of course the Social Suplex uh, Podcast Network shirt, which is pretty cool. Make sure you check out all of the shows across your podcast apps, uh, including ours. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate five stars, leave a review. Uh, check out All Things Elite. We have the Grave Consequences podcast. Grown Men Watch This Shit has made its return. Keeping a Strong Style, as I mentioned, One Nation Radio, Ricky and Clive. Um, and then, of course, uh, the Great Match Generator that Danny is doing as well through our uh, podcast network feed. Uh, check out all those on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. Uh, I, there's more, we I know. Everywhere. Everywhere <laughs> you get your podcasts, we're there. Um, and, and really, like I said, you know, rate all of our shows five stars because we've earned it. We put in the work. Uh, we have Hell a lot yeah. of fun doing We're this. We're here to entertain you. And honestly, I think uh, we entertain ourselves too. We have a lot. We I, I have a lot of fun doing oh, this. Yeah. I think I can speak for you, Sandy. You have a lot of fun doing this. Um, so and, you know, it's nice to, to know that, you know, more than just, uh, you know, like my mom is downloading this. So, you know, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening. Uh I, that's pretty much all I got. Definitely check out, you know, Tampa Bay Pro, like she said. Uh, you know, Sandy, I might have to, you know, I'll limber up and uh, kind of get in the ring. You know, maybe maybe I got to, you know, maybe I got to show you some Do moves. It. You know, maybe I got to come off the top rope, give me the old macho man <laughs> elbow. Maybe, hey, listen, uh, I've been known to jump over things uh, in a past life. Uh, I do, kid, of course, you know, uh, Josh Smith, uh, co-host of Keeping It Strong Style, is he's training at a rival school. So maybe you and Josh might have to, uh, you know, mix it up a little bit, you know, get in the ring, have some uh, interested to wrestling. Oh, man. <laughs> It'll be the social suplex host battle of the ages. Oh, I can't wait. I'll, I'm going to whoop his ass. Oh, but we're getting ahead it, of ourselves. 
We are, we are, we are a little bit. He's not match ready yet, but you know, what? I'll make sure he knows when he is match ready. He's got his match lined up with you, Sandy, uh, Leonardo De Los Santos, ready to ready to punch him in the face. So, anywho, uh, yeah, for, for Sandy, for myself, thank you again. We'll see you all next week. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.